of God. Good morning. Good to see everybody today. Let's go to Hebrews 11 and verse 1, and we will continue with this that we've been looking at, faith for healing. And, uh, you know, something that I learned uh, concerning faith some number of years ago, uh, faith, the, the principles that govern faith. You know, I learned, I, I, I heard um, some time ago, a number of years ago, uh, about goal setting. And uh, the reality of it is this, is operating your faith, especially in the beginning, is, is like setting goals. What, what hinders a lot of people from setting goals in their life is the initial outlay, all right? Meaning that it takes a period of time uh, to set goals. The estimate is it will take you anywhere between 12 and 15 hours to originally set the goals for your life. And, but here's the thing. Once that's done, now you know how to set goals, and it'll never be that initial outlay again because you know how to do it, all right? Faith is the same way in that once you begin to use your faith, you begin to understand and comprehend the principles, then faith for one thing is faith for the next thing, and it's faith for the next thing. The same faith that I operate in for my healing, I operate in the other areas of my life. Now, obviously, it has to be built, but it's the same principle. All right, I, I go to the word and I find what the word says and I begin to build my faith. I hear the word on that subject and I begin to operate my faith. It's the same principle. And uh, this is important because the fact that faith's a law. And so it operates on the same principles consistently. All right, the Bible says uh, uh, in the book of Romans uh, concerning faith, it says it's by what law? The law of works. And Paul says, no, it's by the law of faith. So faith is a law. And a law, by definition, is something that's it, it's, it's immovable. It's unchangeable. It, it's a law. That's how it is. All right? And so faith, one of, the, one of the main guiding principles of faith is that faith for anything in the word comes from feeding on the word on that subject. All right? And um, that, that's something that has to be done consistently. When you, when you go through the Word of God and you see different things that the Word talks about, uh, for instance, if you, if you want to walk in the Spirit, then the Bible in Romans chapter 8 tells us that if I want to habitually walk in the Spirit, I have to habitually be putting the works of the flesh to death. It's something that I have to do habitually. All right, it's nothing that I ever get. You will never not need faith. All right, as long as you're on the earth, you'll be building your faith and using your faith. The, the, the Lord told my pastor one time, he said uh, he, he was, he was uh, uh, sitting on, uh, uh, on a beach in, in, on vacation, and there was a, another friend of his that was there with him, and he said, uh, you know... Uh, wouldn't it have been great, you know, to be in, in paradise where Adam was, you know, and we wouldn't have to use our faith. And the Lord spoke to him and said, wrong. 
He said, you'll always be using your faith. You'll be using your faith throughout eternity. All right? Because the Bible says, now abides these three, faith, hope, and love. Those will never change. And so on this earth, I'll be always using my faith. All right? You're using your faith now. Next week, you'll be using your faith. You're going to get up tomorrow and use your faith. And so it, it behooves us to understand how these things work. Hebrews 11.1, 1, uh, for the sake of time, we'll, we'll read it from uh, the Weiss translation as well as the Phillips. The Weiss translation says, Now faith is the title deed of things hoped for, the proof of things which are not being seen. So faith is the title deed. And, and this is a simple question, but the question then is, uh, what is proof that I have a car? The car in the driveway or the title in my lockbox? The title in your lockbox, because your car may not be in the driveway, but the proof is the title. All right? Uh, you may see somebody pull up in a car, well, just because they're driving it is not proof that they own it. The proof is they have the registration in their name. They have the title in their name. That's the proof. And so what a lot of people do, especially where healing is concerned, is they want to rely on the end result as proof. But that's not proof. Faith is proof. If I have faith that I'm healed, that's the proof. That proof will get me to the end result. But the end result is not the proof. The end result is that I received as real fact what God said. That's what one, one translation says concerning uh, Hebrews 11.1. 1, faith perceiving as real fact what is not readily evident to the senses. But faith perceives it as real fact. So that means there's a realm that is more real than what your senses can pick up. It's that realm of faith that is more real than what your sensory mechanisms can, can uh, uh, compute. Because faith receives your healing. Faith doesn't receive your feeling. It receives your healing. And feeling healed follows being healed. So if I receive healing, the feeling will follow. But I have to really receive it. That This is important. One of the key things about faith is, is that feelings are not interpreted as an understanding that I don't have. I have what I have received by faith irregardless of the feeling. Now, a lot of people, when they're, when they're trying to walk in faith, they interpret that as so, okay, I don't pay attention to my feelings. No, that's not right. I don't allow my feelings to dictate what I believe. I have received my healing. Faith is the title deed. All right? Faith is the proof of things that I can't see. But if I have faith, I have it. So I don't have it when I feel it. I have it when I believe it. Oh, hallelujah. 
the Phillips translation says faith means we have full confidence in the things we hope for, that we expect, that we have a picture for. It means being certain of things we cannot see. So notice full confidence and being certain. That's faith. Faith is full confidence. Faith is being certain. And so that's that's the response. That's how a person responds in full confidence and certainty. That that initial that initial responding is full confidence and certainty. How do you know you have it? Because I have faith for it. I've received it by faith. Right? Remember, what you have by faith, you have by faith. I have it by faith. You know, I have a certain amount of money in my money clip in my pocket. I know what amount of money I have. I have complete faith. Right? Well, how do you know? You can't see it. I know. I have it. If you ask me, I can tell you how much I have. Amen. So somewhere you have a key, a fob, something to your car, your truck, whatever you're driving. It's in your purse, in your pocket, in your bag. You know where it's at. You know what it looks like. You're completely confident. You are not having to pray in tongues to, that, that you'll have the key for your car when you want to leave here today. You're completely confident. You have it. And if somebody says, do you have your car key? Yes, sir. I have it right here. Right. Amen. You wouldn't say, well, I have it by faith. See, but that's how a lot of people answer. And they call that faith. Well, I have it by faith. That phrase, well, I have it by faith. What that means is, I don't see it. I don't feel it. Uh, don't really believe I have it. But I don't want you to think I don't have it. So, yeah, I have it by faith. If you have it by faith, you have it by faith. See, this is the key. This is the key. Faith can only change what is seen when you embrace what's not seen. That it has to be embraced. In, in the, further on in the book of, of, let me show you something here in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, verse 13 of Hebrews 11. These all died in faith, or according to faith, not having received the promises... Now, that's, they didn't, it doesn't say they didn't receive the promises God made them. But the promises concerning the Messiah, the promises concerning the, the, the Abraham never saw his seed as the stars of the sky in multitude in the physical realm. He never saw that. All right? But yet it happened. Why did it happen? Because he received it by faith. They, they died in faith, not having received the promises, but notice... Having seen them afar off, they had expectation, they had hope, and were persuaded of them, they had faith, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So notice, it says they, they saw them, they were persuaded of them, they embraced them, and they confessed them. So, do, do you see that? Faith can only change what is seen when you embrace what's not seen. This is what I am. I embrace this. I'm persuaded of this. I call it you own it. This is mine. I own my healing. 
I'm, I'm not trying to get healing from God. I own it. It belongs to me. And, and, and you've got to recognize the power of those words when you say, I am the healed of the Lord. I am, I am, I am. That's, that's a faith statement. This, 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 this is a statement that can, that, that can show I'd, I'm not convinced. Well, I will be. I'm going to be. I believe I will. Well, there's nothing in and of themselves wrong about that. But that's like saying, do you have a car? I will have. Well, that means is no. I mean, I'm going to have one, but I don't have one right now. Well, are you healed? Bless God, I will be. So you're not. Now, that's not an indictment. I'm not pointing a finger. I'm saying that when, when you look at the principles that govern faith, and how many times have you heard this? Faith is always now. Now faith is. Now, I know that's a play on words in the Bible, but faith is always now. If faith is always now, what does that mean? Anything you have faith for is now. So if someone says, are you healed? If you're in faith, immediately you think now, yes. But if a person says, well, I will be, that means no, I'm not. Well, you know what I mean. Hmm, don't know what you mean. Words mean what they mean. And will be means I'm not. What means I am? I am. I am now. I mean, if, 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 if somebody called you and said, uh, hey, are you up at Faith Builders? And you're sitting here. And you said, well, it will be. Well, you're here. I see you. Right? You have to see you through the Word. I am healed. Because I see it in the Word. And faith will only give substance to what you see in the Word. Where the believer's concerned. Now these principles of faith, that we're going to, some that we're going to talk about, what you say, that'll work for you outside the Word. You'll have whatever you say. That's what the Bible says. All right? And that's why there, there are people that even outside of Christian circles, they grab a hold of that and they call it mind over matter, right? They, they call it attracting things through positive words. Well, it's a Bible principle. It's not what they came up with, it's what Jesus came up with. And so, right, you can, you, they, people can have things that are not in the Word because that law works. Amen. So the title deed, the, the full confidence, the being certain. So faith is not just knowing something, it's, it's possessing something. And the things that are ours by faith have to be received by faith. And what's mine must be in simple faith received. I never cease to be amazed at how quick to believe children are. 
And then I, I go to where Jesus said, if you want the resources of the kingdom to flow in your life, you got to become like this little child. I'm, I'm recapping some things. Somebody taught you not to believe God. You had to be taught not to believe. I'm not saying you don't believe. I'm saying if there was a time in your life when you didn't believe, somebody taught you not to believe. Somebody taught you it wasn't God's will to heal all the time. Somebody taught you it wasn't God's will. To, God never said that. Somebody taught you out of their own understanding that. There's no way you could ever convince my daughter that I won't give her something. You're too late. And, and if I say it, let me give you an illustration. They built a new car wash in Maumelle. And, uh, man, it's, it's as, as, as the folks where I come from say, it's a humdinger. I mean, it's, it's something else. I mean, it's, you know, in, indoor car wash, and they got a playground inside. I mean, artificial turf, all kinds of things to play on. And I told Lily one day we went there, I said, we don't have time today. I said, next time we come, I'll have them clean the inside of my car, and we'll go play at that playground. Well, the very next time we went to that car wash, she said, remember what you said? I said, I do. I remember. And the girl said, what do you want? I said, give us all of it. She wants to play on the playground. Now, here's the thing. Why did she say that? Because she believed what I said. And she took it in simple faith. If dad said it, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Amen. And I got pictures of her playing in that playground. You say, how much did that playground cost you? More than you probably want to know. But, 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 <laughs> but, 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 but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can't convince her. If mom or dad says it, that's how it is. See, my job as a natural parent is never do anything to violate that belief. And how do I do that? Saying what I mean, only saying what I intend to do, right? Not talking in general terms, not promising something and then saying, well, we can't. If it's within my power to make it happen, right? Well, here's the thing. That's why it's so important for you to understand. God never says anything he doesn't mean. He never says anything that he doesn't intend to do. And it, what's even more important, he doesn't say anything he's not already done. Because faith receives what's already done. And if I see, uh, and everything that I see in the Word, except for those, those things that are to come to pass, everything where redemption is concerned, finished. So that puts faith on the receiving end of what's already done. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? Faith is of the heart. And the word that's heard enters into the heart through the ear. In my ear, into my heart. Out of my mouth, into my ear, into my heart. The, the Bible talks in the book of Proverbs that the mouth of the just teaches his heart. All right? So when I'm speaking the word, I'm speaking the word of God, it's going out of my mouth and into my ear 
and into my heart. Notice that, and, and please hear me when I say this, the Bible doesn't say faith comes by reading. It comes by hearing. And so that's, that's the consistency factor. Whether you're doing it, whether you got five pages of scriptures or one or two that really minister to you, you, you sit back with those verses and ever how you do it, I like to sit back and just close my eyes and just say them. This is what you said, right? That's the importance of going to God with His Word. Is you're reminding Him, I know what your Word says, right? And I'm speaking it out of my mouth. It's going in my ear and getting in my heart, right? And that's why David said, remember what he said? He said, your Word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. We could say, I've hidden your word in my heart so I can be always healed. Your word I've hidden in my heart so when disease just shows up, I can run it off. And then there's things you have to say. We, we had a couple students weren't feeling good last night in, in the school of ministry. And, and uh, I don't know what they were doing with cold, flu, something, uh, uh, whatever it was. And somebody said, well, yeah, they, they don't feel well. And they, they mentioned something that they were fighting. And people say, how'd you respond? I said, well, number one, I don't mind telling you, I'll never have it. But we'll pray for them. We'll believe. See, that's just something that's in my heart. If, if I read, and I did, I read it in the word where it said, no evil will befall me. No plague will come near my dwelling. I'm the Lord that heals you. All the diseases that came on Egypt will not come on you. I will keep those diseases away from you. I believe that. I believe that right now around all of us, there's an invisible force field of faith and every disease, every germ, every virus that tries to get on us in our body dies instantly. I mean, think bug zapper, right? Here comes a cold. Here comes the flu. Here comes whatever. Cancer. Right? That, that, you know, that, that's, that's, that's faith. That's the shield of faith. And no matter what the enemy ignites that fire, that, 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 that arrow with, when it hits the shield of faith, it's extinguished. And the only thing you see is the smoke of his plans. Isn't that great? Oh, hallelujah. So just, now just hearing doesn't produce faith. It's, it's the word that's received into the heart that produces faith. That's important. Look at Romans 10, and we'll, we'll start here. I know you think we're already started, but. There's so much. You've you got to understand, faith is my calling. That's what I'm called to teach and preach. And, 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 and when I get over teaching on faith, it's just, this is what I'm supposed to get into people's lives, right? And that's why everything in our ministry will flow through that spirit of faith. It'll flow through that channel of faith, building your faith for everything that God wants you to do. And Romans 10, 9 and 10, he says, notice, well, let's read verse 8. What saith it? Well, what's he talking about? The righteousness, which is of faith. And here's what the righteousness, which is of faith says. The word is nigh you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That's the word of faith which we preach. That Here's the, the word of faith. 
And if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Notice, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. So notice, you confess with your mouth, but you believe in your heart. I confess with my mouth, but I believe in my heart. So with the heart, we believe. He said that right there in, in, in uh, verse 10. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with our mouth, what do we do? Declare what we believe. I believe in my heart, and I declare what I believe. So when we say, I am the healed of the Lord, that's coming out of my heart in the form of words, but I am declaring what I believe. Hallelujah. That's, that's that part of not allowing your mind to be dominated by... by, by the, the situations in the world by what the doctor says. Uh, and, and, and I always have to preface that by saying we don't deny what the doctor says. We don't make light of it. But that's not what's going to habitually dominate me. Because I've, I've, I've fed my heart the word of God. And faith is in my, in my heart. Faith is of the heart. And then I'm declaring what I believe. Confession is crucial to faith. But our confession has to be based on what we believe. This is what I believe. All right? In uh, Mark 11. And, um, of course, this, this scripture is so imperative where our words and and the operation of our authority is concerned but i want you to see something that's that's so important mark eleven twenty three. 23 jesus said for truly i say to you that whoever will say to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass he'll have whatever he says Notice, doesn't doubt in his heart, here you go, but believes in his heart. All right? He doesn't doubt in his heart, but shall believe, and the understood subject is his heart, in his heart, that those things that he saith come to pass. So notice, we don't just say, we say what we believe. I have to say, what I believe. Understand this. He, he did not just say whatever you say will come to pass. He said what you believe and say will come to pass. So Jesus said you'll have whatever you say. And, and, and here's the thing. Usually what you're saying is what you believe. You ask some people, well, how's your day today? Horrible day. Worst day ever. Well, they're not just saying. They believe that. So guess what they're having? 
Horrible day. Worst day ever. Right? But then you talk to somebody else. Hey, how's it going today? Blessed, praise God, everything's going my way. Amen. Well, that doesn't mean they haven't had any challenges. It just means they believe everything's going their way. Right? You can look at somebody that you know is sick and say, how you doing? I say, healed, bless God. Strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. They're, they're saying that not because they feel it. Your heart is not, your, your spirit is not feeling what your body's feeling. And your spirit will always respond according to what God said because that's what feeds your spirit. Nothing in this natural realm feeds your spirit. If you feed on the natural, your spirit will, 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 will begin to uh, atrophy. It'll just shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink because you're, you're feeding consistently on the natural. And your spirit, right? But when you constantly feed your spirit, you're answering out of your spirit. Your spirit is not, is not feeling what your body's feeling. Because your spirit is alive with the life of God. And that's why Romans says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, here's what will eventually happen. That spirit will quicken your mortal body. So when, when, when you look at somebody and they're dealing with something and they say, well, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm blessed. My body's healed. I'm, amen. I'm a cancer-free zone. I'm a flu-free zone, whatever. And, and if you're not careful, your mind will want to say, well, I know what they're dealing with. They're answering out of their spirit. They're answering out of the faith zone. And what they're answering from, from that faith zone will eventually Correct what you're seeing in the physical realm. Because they're saying what they believe. Oh, hallelujah. So, when we say we're healed, we're saying what we believe. This is what I believe. Amen. When we believe in our heart, we'll have what we say. So, I'm not just saying... I'm saying what I believe in my heart. And when I say what I believe in my heart, I'll have what I say. Oh, glory to God. Do, do you see that? And, and that's where we can kind of run into a problem is when we just try to get people to say the right thing. Well, if I could just get them to talk right, you got to get them to believe and talk right. That's the key. You got to believe and talk right. Amen. Because you'll run into people and say, well, I know what the Bible says about healing, but do you believe what the Bible says about healing? Because you're saying what you believe. One, I, I've dealt with things over the years. Am I helping you? And, 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 and I've had people, I've, I've run into situations where I would go to the Lord and question it because I've seen people touched. I've seen, I've, I've, I've talked about different stories. One man that I laid hands on had cancer and, and there's an endowment on this ministry to kill cancer, to deal with it and heart, heart problems. But, 
the point is, is that I laid hands on this man and it was tangible. I mean, Jim was standing behind him. It was tangible. And when it hit that man, it hit Jim, knocked both of them down. Just knocked them both down. And it, I mean, it, it, it sounded like thunder. That's the only way I know to explain it. It was like it popped, like somebody got a hold of a live wire. Pop! And it just laid him down. And, and, and it was like he got a hold of a live wire and Jim grabbed him and both of them got a hold of it. He got up. He went down on the ground looking gray, emaciated, and colorless. God is my witness. I will stand before the eternal God one day. I'm telling you, when he got up, his color was back. His energy was back. When he walked in that room, he was so under the influence of pain medications, he could hardly hold his eyes open. After we laid hands on him and God touched him, he was alert, he was active, the color was back in his... And with, within two weeks, the doctor was talking about the cancer tumors are shrinking, it's, it's almost all gone off your liver, it's all gone out of your kidneys, and the, and the tumor in your lung is shrinking. Now, I saw that. I saw that. Hallelujah. And I, and I watched him. I watched him progress, and I saw he came to Bible school and got involved in the ushers, and, and I watched this, and I wish it would have ended there. But somewhere, see, somewhere I started seeing this creep back up on him. And you know, here's the thing. You don't live with people 24 hours a day. I don't know what they're doing. And this, this man that I watched God touch, that we had tangible medical proof that this, this thing, this healing was working, right? Well, that disease resurged and killed him. And it was sad. I was there in the hospital room with him when he passed away. It was sad. And, and I really went to the Lord about that. I said, Lord, what about that? Because, and he said, and he, and he gave me recall of some things. And how that it began to be a situation where he quit taking the time to confess the word and he left it to his wife just to confess it over him. But wait a minute. Didn't the Bible say he will have what he says, what he believes in his heart, and what he says? Boy, his wife wanted it for him. Right up to the very end. Confessing the word. Declaring the word. And I had to sit in that room where he passed away and try to get her to see. He just gave up. He got tired of fighting and gave up. Right? And, and what happens in those situations is the word takes the blame. And it wasn't the word. The Word worked. We saw it work. I mean, that, that, man went, that man went from not being able to do his job to back on his job, enjoying his job, going back to car shows. My point, I, that, that's a bad ending in that story, but I got another one for you, so just bear with me. Amen. But here's the thing. I went to the Lord about that, and the Lord helped me to see that. You don't know what they were saying. When you weren't with them. 
And I'll have people come and they'll say, well, I'm, I'm believing with this person and, and I'm, I'm, you know, they're, they're saying the right thing. When you're there, what are they saying when you're not there? This is important. Be, 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 because the, the issue is many try to get people to just say the right thing. They have to believe the right thing. I, I've got to take the time to get them to believe the right thing. That's why we have healing school. It's not just to have people come and lay hands on them and get them healed. I want people to consistently come to healing school and you're consistently building your faith in healing and then we may lay hands on you and you get completely healed, but your faith is, is, is at a place where you can walk out the door and you got the ammunition you need to keep it. Amen. So it's not just a healing meeting that people just walk in off the street and get healed. This is a commitment. I'm going to come and build my faith and build my faith and build my faith and build my faith. And if you're dealing with a physical malady, the day may come when you're just sitting there in the chair and God heals you completely and, and nobody even laid hands on you or you might get it when we lay hands on people. But the point is, is to charge the atmosphere with faith so you can walk in and just, the glory's here, just reach out and receive it. Hallelujah. They have to believe the right thing. I told you I had another story, right? We have a dear lady that goes to the church and has been with us for, oh, 20 years. I know Bonnie Groniger is her name, and she's probably watching today. I love you, Miss Bon. And, uh, but in any event, uh, you know, Bonnie, when she started coming to the church, she was not well physically. I mean, there were things going on in her body and fibromyalgia and, and these different things, things that, that, that made it hard for her to, to move and to get around. And uh, she, she got a hold of the word, of the word of God in the church. And I remember one Sunday morning, I was walking down the hallway, and, and there's the, the hallway goes to the right, back to the children's ministry. And uh, she came in the back door, and I heard somebody declaring the word before I ever got around the corner. Well, that's not unusual in our churches, right? But I, I, went, I went around the corner, and it was Bonnie. She was standing there, and she was pointing at her legs. She said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to move. I command you to move. I'm the healed of the Lord. You're not going to do this to me in the name of Jesus. And, uh, and, and I, I went around the corner. I said, well, good morning, Bonnie. And she said, well, good morning, Pastor. And, and she spoke the word to her body till her body responded in real time. Right? Well, she, I mean, she got involved in youth ministry and kids ministry, and that's a whole other story because when she came to the church, she didn't like kids, didn't want anything to do with them, and came to the school of ministry, and her internship was in children's church because she, she, she waited too long and couldn't get her pick, so we picked four. And she loved children's ministry. She started playing the clown. She would come to children's ministry and be a clown. It was great. Still is great. But here's the point. Some number, what, three years ago, something like that, she was diagnosed with cancer, leukemia. And, uh, and uh, immediately when I found out, I'm talking to her, I'm trying to locate her. I need to locate her. Where, where you at? Because this is, you know, cancer, you don't play with it. Cancer is not, well, hallelujah, shandai, rondai, you're healed in Jesus' name. You don't play with that. That, that, that is the offspring of hell. That's what the Lord told me. And, and that's how we deal with it. But the, but the point is, is I had a locator. And when it came out of her mouth, I knew she said, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I'm a cancer-free zone. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. And you know, she went along there, and things got better, and then things seemed to take a dip. And just, I mean, not just a dip off the deep end. You know, just went bad. Well, here's the thing. What never changed was what she believed. When you would talk to her at her weakest, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm healed, Pastor. The stripes of Jesus were shed for me. I'm healed. And you'd hear her even in her weak voice, I glorify God for my healing. I praise God for my healing. Amen. We stood with her for three years. Three years. She spent a pandemic year not leaving her home, could not leave her home. But declaring the word of God. I, I text her yesterday and was talking to her, and we've known this for some time. Bonnie Groninger is cancer free. There's no cancer in her body. People say, well, the treatment worked, didn't it? Sure did. The word treatment worked. Now, she took physical treatment, but the word worked. Amen. The word worked. Why did the word work? Because she put the word she believed in her heart, and then she said what she believed. Because there's a, there is a power difference between a person that's just saying something they believe and a person who's saying something they don't believe. There's a power difference. There's a difference in the spiritual atmosphere. Hallelujah. Because they can both be saying the same thing, yet it's evident one believes what they're saying and the other one doesn't. Because what you say that you believe, what you believe, what, what, when you say what you believe, there's a tangible difference. I've, I've told people before, I say, well, how's things going? What's, what's the good word? What do you believe? Well, whatever, you know, healed and doing fine. Well, based on what? Based on what scripture? Because if there's not a scripture that you're basing it on, there's nothing to believe. That's important. Pastor Caldwell told the story one time. He had a lady in the church that was uh, uh, Hispanic. And uh, their child was diagnosed, I believe it was with, uh, oh, what's that? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, has to do with uh, uh, fever. Uh, they, 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 they take a spinal fluid sample to see if you got it or not. Um, what's that? meningitis and uh uh they they of course they took the child up to the to the hospital i believe that's what it was now it may not have been but it was serious deadly nonetheless and uh uh of course this lady had been going to agape and she was learning the principles of faith and she she went up and uh and the doctor kept saying this is what's what the daughter has this is what she's got what's going to happen and uh the lady would say she had broken english but she would say nope that's not going to happen my daughter is healed in the name of Jesus. My daughter is well in the name of Jesus. And the doctor would set her down and try to explain to her how that this is what's going to happen. The lady would say, nope, my daughter is healed. She is well in the name of Jesus. This is what's going to happen. They got so frustrated. The doctor got so frustrated. Pastor came up to visit the lady and her daughter. And, and, and the doctor called him out in the hallway and said, you got to help me get through to this lady. This child will probably never recover from this. 
And she is saying that she's going to recover and that she's healed. And pastor had to try to explain to a non-believer why the, the mother's saying this. Do I need to tell you that that daughter walked out of the hospital? Totally well and healed? Because mom was saying what she believed? Not just saying something? Hallelujah. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. And, 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 and that's why that, you know, when you say you're the healed of the Lord and you say your body is physically fit and your heart beats with the rhythm of life, those, those are not just good confessions. That's what you believe. That's what you believe. When you say my blood pressure is at the perfect level. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I was at the doctor one time, and, and they said, well, you know, they call blood pressure the silent killer because you don't know when you have it. People say, what'd you say? Under my breath? I said, mine's perfect. Mine's perfect. My watch sometimes, I have a, I have a watch that's hooked up to my health app, and it'll, it'll give me a, a notice, and it will say, your heartbeat has dropped below 47 beats per minute for the last five minutes. Well, I mean, I'm, 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 I run. I'm, uh, runner's heart rates are, are noticeably lower. But here's the point. I speak to my body all the time and tell my body my heart beats with the rhythm of life. When I relax, I'm relaxing. All of me is relaxing. My heart's relaxing. When I'm relaxed, my heart don't need to be going, boom, 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 boom. It's, let's relax. Right? Let's relax. We, you don't need to be working that hard. Amen. So when you say things like that, that's not just a good confession. You're saying what you believe. And here's what I've learned. Your body will respond to what you believe. It will respond to what you believe. If you see an abnormality in your body, talk to it. Talk to it. Find scriptures. Amen. That agree with it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've known, I've known people that will swear up and down they regrew their hair. Because they found the scripture that says all the hairs of our head are numbered. And that, that not, just, not just God knows how many there are, they're numbered. So God knows number 42. And if 42 through 152 fell out, He knows they fell out and He knows how to replace them. If your body, and, and now I know hair doesn't mean anything. You understand what I mean? But if your body was designed in the beginning to grow hair, it's still designed to grow hair, and it'll still grow hair. If your heart was designed to pump the exact amount of blood through your body consistently every day, every hour, every second, every minute, it's still designed to do that, and the same word that created it perfect in the beginning will create it perfect now. I just got to believe it. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you understand that? When you read through the scripture and it says the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. Then what should immediately jump to your mind is he created nothing imperfect. You understand? 
And it doesn't matter if you, if you have to wear glasses or if you got hearing aids. That, that doesn't mean that anything's imperfect. It's an aid. It's an assistance. People give up on their healing because they, they have to wear glasses or, or wear hearing aids. Well, don't let anybody throw that off on you. Amen. Dr. Summerall used to say, there's nothing wrong with my eyes. I just need a little magnification. That's just it. But people, but here's what people say. They need a little magnification. And what do they say? Well, you know, once you get my age, the eyes start going. Okay. You might be blind before you know it. Because your eyes are going. Oh, I'm helping y'all. Amen? See, you're, you're saying what you believe. What's that belief based on? Well, I can't see as clearly as I used to. Well, I, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying there. But when you put on a pair of glasses, don't say, well, you know, I've got to wear these glasses because after all, first thing to go is the eyes. Ha, ha, ha. Now, when that person's blind and somebody's got to lead them around, they won't be laughing. Right? I mean it. If I, if I got to put glasses on as thick as a Coke bottle, I see good in Jesus' name. My eyes are good. Why? Because in, in one moment of time, that whole thing can change. Amen. Okay, Lord, I'll say that. You don't have anything to prove to anybody where your faith is concerned. Nothing. Well, you know, they said they were, they said they're healed. And, and, you know, I saw them. I saw them have to wear glasses. I remember, I remember when people came to church one Sunday morning, just, just flabbergasted over the fact that Jimmy Swaggart was wearing glasses. Jimmy can't be a man of faith. Do you know he was wearing glasses? You know, I expect it to be something bad. You know, he lit up a cigarette behind the pulpit, right? No, he's, oh, he's wearing, my God, he's wearing glasses. Amen. You understand what I'm saying with this? What do you say? See, why, why, why are you wearing them? Because you can't see or you need a little help? You need a little help. You understand what I mean by that? If you got a headache, of course, of course, I mean, I believe that the Lord even wants you to heal you of a headache. But you're not going to, I hope, not feel condemned because you take an Advil or a Tylenol. You're not disbelieving God. You're just looking for a little help. Amen. That makes sense? Oh, glory to God. You have nothing, nothing to prove. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Let me hurry a little bit. We having the same spirit of faith, according to it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Notice that. We're believing and then speaking. We believe and therefore we speak. So we speak what we believe and we believe what we speak. That never changes. We believe and we speak. Whew. 
That, that, that's why you've got to spend time getting convinced. Then you speak what you're convinced of. I have people that say, well, how long do you believe you're going to live? Long time. Well, I mean, what year? I don't know what year. Old. So old, old people are going to call me old. <laughs> Amen. But even though I'm that old, I'm going to be so healed, healed people are calling me healed. Oh, hallelujah. You know, people say, well, but when you get, you know, so old, there's things you can't do. I believe this. You'll get so old, there's things you don't want to do anymore. Right? There are things you don't want to do. I've done all that. If I'm 90 years old, I may not want to run five miles a day. Maybe. I don't know. But, 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 but here's my point. Here's my point. You can't let a number define how your life's supposed to go. Right? Hallelujah. What if I get it so old, I can't drive? You'll be so blessed, you'll just hire somebody to run you around. I mean, do, do you see what I'm saying? You see how people set themselves up to live a life of non-mobility, a life with no joy, right? No, 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 no. If I, if I get to the place where I don't feel comfortable driving, I'll just hire somebody to drive me. Amen. Because your, your, our older years are supposed to be filled with joy and peace. Amen. Security. Now, now, let's look at this real quick in Mark chapter 10. I've only got 10 minutes. If I don't get too preachy, we'll get through it. That's not a guarantee. That's a desire. <laughs> I, I want to read. Now, this is a, a, a very familiar passage of Scripture. And uh, I said Mark 10 is Mark 5. Forgive me. Mark 5 and uh, verse 22. Familiar scripture concerning Jairus. But notice this. It says, Behold, there comes one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he saw Jesus. He fell at Jesus' feet and besought him greatly. Notice this next word, saying. Saying. Well, yeah, Pastor, it's about to tell us what he said. Exactly. About to tell us what he said. My little daughter lieth at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. That's what he said. Now, why did he say that? He believed it. That's the statement of faith. Now, as we read on this in this in these verses, we'll see something. So notice what he said. He said she's at the point of death. You come lay your hands on her and she'll live. She'll be healed. Whatever's causing this, she'll be healed up and she will live. He didn't say come lay your hands on her and let's see what happens. Maybe the Lord will do something. Well, you know, I'll go to church tonight and maybe they'll pray for me and maybe I'll feel better. You won't. Because maybe he's not faith. Faith is assurance. Faith is conviction. Faith is certainty. 
Faith is the title deed. See, faith says, okay, hands have been laid on me, and I didn't necessarily see an immediate change, but I own it. I, I have it. Hands were laid on me. And the Bible says the prayer of faith to save the sick, the Lord raise them up. See, people get off there and get off over on the oil. Remember, Brother Hagin was on his, on his deathbed. He was dying. And right the day that he got out of that bed, the day that he got out of that bed, uh, uh, he was talking to the Lord. And the Lord said concerning his word, uh, how he had to receive his healing then. Brother Hagin was looking for it to come. He said, you got to receive it now. And he took him over there to James chapter 5. Where it says, uh, uh, if any is sick, let him call for the elders of the church. And Brother Hagin stopped right there and he said, well, Lord, if I got to call for the elders of the church, I don't have any hope because none of the elders of my church believe that that healing is for today. And the Lord told him, he said, no, I didn't say you had to call for the elders. I said you could. You didn't have to. You can. Right? If you need some help, you can call for the elders of the church. And he said, but Lord, they're supposed to anoint with oil. And he said, see, you're hung up on the elders and the oil. What's the end of that verse say? The prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. He said, so if you don't have elders or oil, you can pray the prayer of faith for yourself. And he said, in that moment, I saw it. I got to receive my healing now. And, and you know how Brother Hagin is. He said, so I just said, okay, Lord, I just make that adjustment. I receive my healing now. I prayed the prayer of faith over myself. I'm healed in Jesus' name. You know what the Lord said to him? He said, then what are you doing in bed at 1030? Healed men are up by 1030. He had a serious organic blood disease, a deformed heart, and was paralyzed from the waist down. And the Lord said, what are you doing in bed? And that's when he reached over and grabbed a hold of the bedpost and flopped his dead legs out of the bed and said, I want to announce to Jesus, to the Father God, to all the angels, to every demon that's listening, to every devil that's listening, I have received my healing. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. And he said that's when he felt that anointing come over his body and he was up out of that bed and never went back. But, but understand what I'm saying. He got what he said. See, you can, you can get so focused on what I need to do and I need to follow a certain formula that you miss what the Word said. Jairus went to Jesus, and, and we'll read another account in just a moment, with his daughter had already died. And he went to Jesus and said, she's at the point of death, but if you'll come lay your hands on her, two things will happen. She'll be healed, and she will, she will be healed. She will, she will be healed. When you get there and you lay your hands on her, this is what will happen. She will be healed. And she will live. Is that right? How, how did he communicate that? He said it. What did he say? What was in his heart? Right? Now, uh, Matthew 9. Look at, look at Matthew 9. We'll come back to Mark 10. I'm hurrying. Whew. My Lord. Y'all only give me an hour. This is Matthew 9, 18. Notice Matthew 9, 18. While he spake these things unto them, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead. But come, lay, hands, lay your hand on her, and she'll live. Whew. Isn't that powerful? 
So from Matthew, we understand he left knowing she was dead. And when he got to Jesus, he said, you come lay your hand on her and she'll live. Yeah, but pastor, that was Jesus. Yeah, but Jesus said, if you're a believer, you'll do the same thing. Isn't that right? He sent the 70 that weren't even born again, weren't even filled with the Holy Ghost, and sent them into the cities and said, whatever city you go into, heal all the sick that are there, cast out devils, raise the dead. They weren't even born again. They went on a commission from one that had the authority. They were operating in Jesus' authority. I know we are too, but it's been given to us. We're born again. We have a family right to that authority. They were doing it with no right other than Jesus gave them the right. And they came back saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to your name. And what does that mean? That all these other things happened too, and even the devils were subject to your name. So that means they healed all the sick that were there, they cast out all the devils that were there, and they raised the dead. Jesus did not do anything in the four Gospels that you can't do. Nothing. Oh, Pat, nope, nothing. Though he said, the works you've seen me do, greater than these shall you do, because I go to the Father. And when people say, well, I don't believe that, well, take it up with Jesus. Because he said it. And, and if he lied about it, throw the whole book away. None of it's any good. If Jesus lied, nothing in the book is right. Because he's the word. If Jesus lied, leave. Go home right now. There's no healing for anybody. Turn your TV off. Turn your computer off. There's no healing for anybody if Jesus lied. Jesus didn't lie. He is the truth. And everything He said is what He will do. And everything He said He would do through us is what He will do. When Jesus Christ said, if you'll say what you believe, you'll have what you say, He meant that and 2,023 years later, we're still saying what we believe and we're still having what we say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mark, Mark, Mark 5, 35. Let's let's get here. While he yet spake these words, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain that said, your daughter is dead. Why do you trouble the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. Well, the question is, believe what? What you said. The Amplified Bible says, keep on believing. Keep on believing what you said. Well, what did they say to him? Your daughter's dead. What did Jesus say? Keep on believing what you said. Right? We know he knew she was dead because he said, come lay your hands on her and she'll be healed and live. So this report can't change anything. See, what do you believe? If you believe you're healed, how does the report change anything? Doesn't change anything. Hallelujah. So keep on believing what he said. So the end result is what? 
his daughter was healed and raised from the dead. Why? She continued to believe what she said. He continued to believe what he said. Jairus continued to believe it. What you say, let it stay said. And just believe what you said. There's things I don't have to say again because I believe what I said. If I believe what I said, I don't need to say it again just to cause you to believe I believe what I said. I'm healed. That settles it. Now, if a symptom arises or something flares up, I'm going to talk to it. But I'm not saying it trying to get healed. I'm already healed. You're trespassing. You're violating my healing. Because what you are is greater than what tries to come on you. The healing in me is greater than the sickness that tries to displace the healing. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today. We glorify you for this great healing power that your word possesses, that is possessed within our faith, within the word of God. Father, I just speak to every person watching, every person seated in this room today. Father, I call them healed on the basis of your word. I call them well on the basis of Scripture. Lord, no truer words were ever spoken than those that fell from the lips of Jesus. And Jesus said that our commission was to go into all the world and preach the gospel. To lay hands on the sick and they would recover. Jesus, that's what you said. And we believe what you said. Oh, hallelujah. And so we call your people healed. We call your people whole. We call your people set free from the bondage of disease. And I declare that it will not lord over them. For we have one Lord and his name is Jesus. And he has made us free from sickness, disease, and destruction. Oh, hallelujah. Every blood vessel in every artery. Father, it must expand correctly. Every heart artery. Oh, I see that. I'll say that. Rerouting. Rerouting of valves. Rerouting. Rerouting. Oh, I, they, they may have said they can't do anything about it, but God's going to reroute it. Just a spiritual bypass. Oh, hallelujah. Every blood vessel, every artery, you expand right now. We resist hardening of the arteries. We resist hardening of those areas of the heart. It will not occur. Oh, hallelujah. And right now, right now, in the name of Jesus, that area of the heart that seems to be weaker, they, they've even said it may, that part may die or is already dead. No, it comes to life now. 
it comes to life now. I speak the living word of God to your heart. It cannot stay dead. It must live. Because the word has been spoken. It was the words of Jesus that raised Lazarus from the dead. It was the words of Jesus that raised the widow of Nain's son from the dead. Oh, glory. It was the the word of God spoken through the mouth of the Apostle Paul that raised the boy from the dead that fell from the third story window. It is the words of Christ now that raise your heart from the dead. It will not continue in that weakened state. It will not. It, I forbid it. I forbid it in the name of Jesus. Father, those sitting under my voice, those watching, they believe what you said. They're not just believing what I said. They believe what you said. And according to your word, whatever I bind on earth, whatever I declare to be unlawful on earth, will be declared unlawful in heaven. And I say under the power of the Holy Ghost that I forbid that heart to die and I command that it live. In the name of Jesus, you shall not, no, you shall not, you shall not stop operating correctly. You must operate correctly. In the name of Jesus, it'll not race incontrollably. It'll not skip beats. You'll beat with the rhythm of life. I command you to beat with the rhythm of life. You shall do your job and you shall do it correctly. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. We praise you today. We glorify you today. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Oh, we glorify you in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, we sure appreciate everyone being with us, watching us online. God bless you. And uh, hopefully you can be with us tomorrow night at 7 o'clock for our Wednesday night service. We'll continue to teach more on faith and believe God. Amen. Till we see you then, there, or in the air. Hallelujah. Build your faith and keep the switch of